What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. to the future but embrace our past we study we analyze we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday we exercise trial and error religiously through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
here from Grundahl. Teachley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallo Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and uh, we're sitting here at the W here in, uh, is it Marietta, correct? It's considered Wildemar. Wil- Wildemar, Cal- California, not too far from where I'm staying in Lake Elsinore. And uh, that voice you just heard is none other than Johnny Louch, who uh, is uh, one of the part owners here at, uh, at the W. Yeah. Well, Glad welcome, to have you, man. Glad to have you. Thank you for making some time for me today. Uh, this is shortly before I'm going to do some lifting here, and uh, it's something I've been doing for the last two weeks here, and uh, I really appreciate you, you bringing me in here and uh, giving me the royal treatment, man. It's been awesome. Yeah, you're welcome. Anytime. Um, it's, it's a pleasure to have you on the show, and uh, you, you're an absolute icon within the sport as far as the fitness uh, regime has gone and the, the, in the fact that just in the last uh, 15, 16 years, maybe a little bit more than that, we've really seen fitness been taken to the, to the next level, and in a lot of ways, that's kind of mirrors the amount of time that you've been really active on in uh, within the North American motocross scene. Uh, before we get into uh, the W and everything that you've got going on now, let's spin the clocks back to where this all began. How did uh, how did Johnny Louch um, become like enamored with the sport of motocross, fitness, and everything that goes along with that? Well, I grew up in in uh, South Africa and grew up racing motocross back in the day with Gary Butcher, Rob Herring, Colin Dugmore. And um, and then actually got into BMX okay. and raced BMX in South Africa, and then um, got back into motocross again, and um, you know grew up with Greg Albertain, we've been friends with him since we were seven, and of course when he moved to the states, shortly after that I came to the states, and um, I'd been here before, um, you know plenty of times in the 80s, and um, so when of course Greg and I hooked up and became friends again. And I was actually training. My first guy, motocross guy in America actually started training was Heath Foss. And um, we became good friends. And then, um, you know, just being at the races all the time, you know, Roger DeCosta approached me and said, hey, you know, why don't you train m- motocross guys? And I was, at, I was like, no, you know, at that time I was a fireman and um, it wasn't really something I wanted to do. And even though I've been in fitness my whole life, yeah. um, doing, you know, the, the firefighter combat challenges and stuff like that. And, of course, growing up with motocross and being in the bicycle world, it was something that, you know, it should have been something I just wanted to do. And then finally, um, Travis Pastrana's mom approached me and said, you know, I want you to help my son. And um, started working with Travis, and that was it. I mean, Travis and then Langston and and just enjoyed it and just enjoyed being around these guys and doing what we, um, we do for training, and I've been doing it ever since. So basically started professionally training guys in 1999. 
1999, yeah. I, I assumed it was somewhere around there, and I actually had no idea that you were a firefighter prior to uh, to to the work that uh, to your work as a trainer. I think that's probably why you took a, a photo of the guys doing some work uh, in the back of your shop last week. But uh, like, how, before we get into the the fitness, how did how did you get into that? How like, and why did you walk away? From- I, I always wanted to be a fireman. My grandfather was a fireman his father was a fireman my dad was the only one that actually didn't become a fireman he became a preacher so um, I always knew I wanted to do it Um, I became a fireman at 18 my brother's still an Orange County firefighter and um, I'm still I still volunteer still go right along and do stuff with them my fire out my fireality actually never expires and um, you know I went back and I was a fireman in South Africa and when I came back to America, it was just, it just wasn't the same. I felt more like an ambulance attendant. I wasn't enjoying it that much anymore. And I would say to myself, can I see myself doing this for the next 20, 30 years? Yeah. So as I got into the whole training and, and the, the motocross and the cycling, it was something that was enjoyable. And, and I started making really good money doing it. And um, actually, when I started working in MotoGP, that was when I really decided that I don't want to be a fireman anymore. I really yeah. just want to focus on doing this and you know get to travel the world and it was something I I you know enjoy doing. I still miss the fire department. I still got friends in the fire department. It still feels like it was yesterday when I was a fireman. Yeah. And like I said now my brother's an Orange County fireman so it's cool. I still go and you know ride along with them and and volunteer my time when I can. But um yeah. That's pretty cool, um, and of course, being uh, uh, like you say, glorified uh, ambulance attendant or firefighter or any first responder, uh, with that comes a deep understanding of the human body. You have to be able to arrive on scene and assess and treat just about any particular ailment that someone might have, whether it be a broken toe or or a head contusion. Um, so that kind of like is is kind of the the root of your your understanding of the human body from from tip to tail. And I think that really kind of helps your ability to train the body is because you have to train it to know anything about you have to know about it you have, you have to be able to uh, to understand the, the the physiology and the anatomy of the human body and you seem to know that quite well yeah and I think me growing up as an athlete I mean my whole life I was into swimming soccer rugby I mean South Africa you have to play sports yeah. and I was I was something I was good at I was terrible at school I was dyslexic growing up. But I, I was very good at sports. I mean, I, I represented, you know, our, our province in swimming and running. And that was something that I was always good at. And then, you know, when BMX came to South Africa, my first race, I mean, I won it. It was like something that I, I just, when it came to sports, it was something, yeah, it was something that I enjoyed doing. And I still, you know, I still enjoy doing it. And I love it. Like, I go cycling with guys like Jeff Ward and, and Johnny O'Mara. They're a little bit older than me. But I look at them and I'm like, I think Johnny O is going to be 57 soon i mean it's amazing how strong those guys are so it's now i'm going to be 47 this month and you know it's cool to be able to hang with these 20 year olds and still be able to do it you know and still enjoy my life i'm not i'm not like one of those trainers that are totally serious the whole time about everything i eat and everything i drink i still like to enjoy my life Mm -hmm. and um and the reason why i actually even have the w is because you know not everybody likes johnny lounge so i have trainers that you know training here because the w is about about you know winning and having a a facility where everyone can train in. But yeah, my background, I mean, I could write a book. I mean, a lot of people don't know. Is, yeah, a lot of people don't know. You know, I went to the LA riots. I was a fireman in the LA riots. Um, I worked for the apartheid government. And then I worked for the new government. I, you know, got to work with Nelson Mandela, President Nelson Mandela. Wow. And so, you know, there's a lot of background 
on, on what people don't know about me um, and how hard it was to become a citizen of this country, especially because of my background working in South Africa right. as a SWAT paramedic for the old government and for the new government and just some of the stuff that I had to go through working there and then coming here and... Um, and you know, I got I got an interesting life, and you know, I mean, between my wife and I, and, and everything we've done, so. Absolutely. So uh, when you start working with athletes uh, within the sport of motocross, uh, the first thing that, that comes to mind is the fact that a lot of these kids, although they are, are physically fit to ride a motorcycle, they might do some bicycling on the, on the side, some mountain biking or some BMX. Uh, the, phys- like the physical training side is somewhere I think a lot of kids are, are lacking right when they first come into the pros. They don't know how to train the way a football player would train or uh, uh, any like the, your conventional athletes because like those athletes they're they're in the gym at 13 they're in the gym even sometimes earlier than that um like when you first get a kid like travis pastrana who i guess his dad was a marine so he'd probably been in the gym a little earlier but working with those athletes right out of the get-go what do you think is the the what was your biggest hurdle in terms of teaching these kids how to move well everyone's the thing is with with kids everyone's different right travis pastrana is the top where i remember when he came to the gym was actually funny one of the first times i trained with him i told him hey don't go too heavy, calm down. And then once we trained, he went out there and he wanted to do some more stuff. And that's when he was doing the, uh, the Letterman show. Yeah. And what he couldn't even walk. His legs, like, like Roger called me, he goes, well, he can't walk. He's, he's, his calves are so sore. I said, I told him, I told him to stop. And when I went in the office, he went and did more. Because he's one of those guys where he, he wants to do more. And then you get other guys that, you know, you tell them to do 10, they're only going to do 10. You know, push-ups or whatever. Yeah. So yeah. So like everyone's also different with their bodies. Like you know, the smaller the smaller someone is, the less you know, the the less um, cardio really they have to do. Like for example, like like look at uh, look at like Justin Hill. The guy doesn't have to do much in the gym because he's so he's stocky as it is. Yeah. You know, so a lot of his stuff is core, and you know, I try to get him to do as much cycling as possible, and right. he likes to do some mountain biking. So everyone's different. Like, right. you get someone like we use like say Adam Cincerello. You look at him now. You know, he's been hitting the gym more and doing weights more, and you can tell. You know, he's got bigger he's and he's, he's and filled he's, out a bit. And he's filled out a bit, and I mean, even at the crash he had at um, the crash he had at um, at um, Anaheim too. I think if there was a few years ago, he would have not been able to race because he's stronger now. I think he's he's realized that, you know, cycling's good, but not too much cycling. I, he needs, he's someone that needs to focus more on strength training because he's not a big kid, even though he's tall now. So it all depends on the on the athlete and and how they built and what you you got to approach everyone differently. So every motocross guy, supercross guy that comes into this gym, you first got to ex- see what they what they need. Are they a big guy, like when I worked with Davey Millsaps, he was a big guy, so I, we had to stick him on a bicycle. He didn't need to do that much gym because he was a big guy as it is. So everyone is, everyone is different. Um, working with a guy like uh, Greg Albertine, uh, uh, like I wouldn't say hammerhead, but he he got his championships on a lot of grit, a ton of talent, but also um, on on like just like um, like his his unwillingness to, to give up on, on, on the dream of becoming a, a, an AMA champion. Um, speak to working with him a little bit and uh, the, the, the relationship that you guys still share. Well, actually, I never worked with Greg. We were just really, oh, okay. good, we were just really good friends. I mean, I never... And to be honest, Greg really didn't really train that much. <laughs> um, he did a lot of... He did some gym stuff. Greg was one of those guys, and I can say it now, where... You know, you can ask Roger where, you know, he's not the guy that, he, he he's not someone that wanted to train all the time. 
you know, he would have to push him. And I, w- I was just friends with him during that time. And I would never have wanted to train him either because we just we were too close. So yeah. um, I knew his trainer back in the day. I know that, um, you know, Roger wasn't a big fan of him. And, and I, don't even, I don't even know where he is today. But I think things, things just change over the years on how you train people. But, um, like, Greg, anyone, I think, from South Africa has that, that willpower to, to really want to succeed. You know, I think people that come from Europe or wherever, they come over here, they want to win. And from coming from South Africa, you know, Greg wanted to win. So he, I mean, his talent was unbelievable. I believe if he, I was the first one to say that, you know, he should have never done Supercross in the beginning. Yeah. I mean, he should have He stuck, hit the ground a lot because of it. Yeah, he should, have just, he should have just done motocross. Yeah, outdoor-only guy. Yeah, he would have won a title right away, and he would have done well. Greg wasn't a Supercross rider. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember I was supposed to be at the first race he ever won at the LA Coliseum, but at that time, my daughter Summer was being was was going to be born. Okay. So I missed it, and... Um, of Turns out to be his only win. His only win, and... Um, but you know, like I said, we were, we were always good friends and worked out together and that. But I never never trained him. I wish I would have trained him now. You know, if I when I knew then, I think it would have been been different because I could have maybe got him not to do supercross. But in those days, you had to do supercross and outdoors. You know, that's if you want yeah. to get a big contract. Right. There's uh, like the, there there may have been a couple of supercross only guys back then. There certainly wasn't any nationals only guys. I think that's even uh, that rings true today. Um, now Langston was different. Langston was a uh, he was hard to get going, but when yeah. he got going, that guy was a hammerhead. I mean, he'd never, I mean, that guy was the toughest, or probably one of the toughest guys I think I've ever worked for in my life. I mean, he could have a, he could have a bone sticking out and, um, you know, he would say, tape it up, I'm good. Yeah. You know, Grant was one of those guys that was just, I mean, just strong, strong, yeah. strong, strong. Strong and confident, that guy. Strong and confident. I mean, he would, I mean, I remember him, you know, his dad would be like, you qualify in eighth and he'd be like, don't worry about it, I'm going to win. Yeah. And he'd go out there and win. He'd not just win, he'd spank the guys, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Totally. Like, like there, there's something to be said for guys who, who have that X factor, the, the ability to just go out there and perform. Um, is that something that someone can learn? Is that something that you can, uh, maybe not like, there's not classes on it, but when you're immersed around certain athletes uh, that have it, can other, can other riders pick that up um, off of just like kind of being part of that group? I think, you know, I think you're either a racer or you're not a racer. You know, these people out there that they find riding around in 10th place, you know, but these guys that I've worked with, like from Grant to, you know, to Justin, you know, if they get second, they're not happy with that. They want to win. And there's other guys that are just happy with being like that. So I think you can learn from other guys, but I think it's in your, it's in your blood that you want to win, that you want to be like, you want to be the best. So they will push themselves. Normally the guys that are the ones that are winning are the ones that probably don't really have the talent. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see the guys that have the most incredible talent, they never win because, you know, they've the got the talent. The not there. They don't, they don't have what it, they don't have that. Intestinal fortitude. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. 
In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drake's has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Entignap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. TheCollectiveXP.com, as well as the collective ex on instagram is where you can find the collective experience do so immediately the collective experience nobody gets you closer what's wrong jeff i don't know jay well you better fuel up with the nutritious breakfast with oats and bran oats and bran i didn't think there was such a thing that's what i used to think now i start out every morning with a bowl of amigos for extreme kids like us That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. The most action-packed event on the planet is back, bigger and crazier than ever before, with the largest ramps you've ever seen. Nitro Circus, the global youth entertainment phenomenon, returns to North America this year with the epic Next Level Tour. This spectacular brand new production, an all-moto adrenaline rush, will have depth-defying tricks, jaw-dropping world's firsts, and absurd stunts. It all adds up to a thrilling show simply too big to fit indoors. The Next Level Tour launches mid-May, just in time for summer, and will visit over 10 cities across the continent through June. Brainchild of Travis Pastrana, global superstar, action sports icon, and Nitro Circus ringleader, the Next Level Tour features the best athletes in action sports taking on the biggest ramps in the world. The Nitro Circus design team has put it all on the line with this show, doubling down on the risk factor. The FMX Next Level Takeoff Ramp alone, a towering 15 feet above the show floor, a whopping 5 feet taller than any ramp toured before, will launch riders more than 60 feet into the sky. The landing ramp also looms large, standing 23 feet in height. The Nitro Circus Next Level Tour will include several athletes, including Bruce Cook, Jared McNeil, Jared Duffy, Blake, Bilko Williams, and many more. For more information, visit nitrocircus.com. Hey, Big MX listeners, just wanted to take a moment to uh, let you guys know about Viral Brand and Viral Brand Goggles. Uh, Viral Brand Goggles is a relatively new company, and we've been working with them for about a year now, and uh, they've got some really cool things going on, which include uh, not only when you buy a pair of goggles, you will not only get a goggle bag, which of course you get with most goggle bags, but uh, with most goggles rather, but uh, you'll also get 
tear-offs. You get a, a 10-pack of tear-offs, and you also get an extra clear lens to go along with your mirrored lens and uh, the tinted lens that the goggles come with. Uh, so it's kind of, a more, of a, more of a package than it is just a set of goggles, which if you're going to buy goggles, you're going to need an extra lens. You're going to need tear-offs. So they take care of all that stuff for you, and uh, $74.99 US is uh, an easy asking price. They've also got a 30-day money-back guarantee. If uh, their best fit challenge, if your goggles don't fit your helmet within the first 30 days, get them back to Viral for uh, and, and they'll take care of you, no questions asked. Uh, so check out the theviralbrand.com today and uh, and and see what the kind of products and the uh, the accessories that they've got. I love the goggles myself and uh, can't wait to see you guys enjoying them as well. Take care. Yeah, it's like like that. That's something that I find is very uh, common with a lot of champions. Is that the the, the talent doesn't always uh, take you there, and maybe maybe that's an exception in like a Jeremy McGrath in throughout the mid nineties when uh, like it really didn't seem like he needed to try that hard to, to win those championships because he was just so superior. Um, but uh, you talk about a, a Ryan Villapoto, a Ryan Dungey, um, even uh, in a lot of respects, uh, a Brock Tickle who ended up taking a home, a championship while training here. Um, like as far, like extremely skilled to your, compared to your every man, but compared to the, the absolute beasts that are out there the guys that are the, the technicians of the sport, maybe not on that same level, but through grit and determination, he, was able to get a championship as well especially in, in, in doing so in this facility well i think everyone is like it's also it's like i tell justin now it's it's like a, you, you know you don't win a championship going out and winning the first race you've got to be consistent and you got to you got to you got to play your cards right you know and nowadays from back back when jeremy was, was racing and that the guys now are in incredible shape i mean everybody is training i mean i think about it from five years ago you know, going out with these guys, you'd go out with these motocross guys and supercross guys, and they, you'd leave them. Now they all—they all know what to do. They all on bicycles. They all doing mountain biking. They all training hard. So it's a whole different generation now. I mean, kids are working out hard. So you can't just rely on your talent anymore. You, yeah. Like talent, the days of just having talent, or if you're not going to train and use your talent, you you're not going to win. I don't care how good you are. Fair enough. Well, like, uh, and we talked earlier about uh, some foot, like some just stick and ball sports kids starting really early. And I do see some some young athletes coming in here. Uh, when you when you have a young athlete, someone who's still growing, someone who's mainly just uh, looking to uh, to create a base. What's the approach when having like a really young athlete, someone who's 12, 13, 14 coming in here as a as a motocross athlete? How do you get them started and, and kind of uh, not only start to love fitness, but uh, also see the benefits on race day? Well, I think the main thing is they got to they got to want to do it. They got to want to enjoy it, and they got to. They, you know, that's why we have an environment like this where they come in here and they they like it. It's not like a normal gym. It's a, fun place yeah, it's a fun place. They can play basketball. They can play with their friends, and then they can do their training together. So I think that's the, the main key. If if someone comes in here that's thirteen, fourteen, doesn't want to train, I mean it's a waste of it's a waste of our time and their time. So we tell the parents and we tell the kids if you want to be here, you want to be here. If you don't then, you know, it's, it's something you can't just make them do. Now, a lot of kids come in here not liking it and then end up loving it. So, yeah. For sure, and like, uh, like, I, I, like, who, who are some of the guys that you worked with throughout the uh, the mid the mid two thousands before twenty ten, uh, of of guys that kind of like helped you shape your ability to train these riders because as they learn, you learn, and uh, there's there's different methods. Like you said, everybody's different, and and, um, and your approach changes uh, depending on who it is. Who are some of the guys that really helped you uh, helped you while you were helping them? 
I think um, working with Langston, you know, we went through a lot of like ups and downs and, you know, from doing a lot of gym stuff to then doing, you know, more on the bicycle. So you learn so much over the years. What we did 10 years ago is so different now, what we're doing now. So um, I learned a lot from, from every athlete. I mean, from, from Davey Millsaps to, to um, one of my big success stories was with Josh Hansen. You know, the guy, the guy was, I mean, skinny little kid, and we hit the gym all the time and put some weight on him and you know he tied the championship with Langston they ended up giving it to Langston instead of him because and that was the one year when I started stopped working for Grant I went and worked with Josh and um, you know I wanted to help Josh out and Josh turned his whole you know his whole career around and then you know we stopped working together and you know things went downhill so it was like you know Josh was a perfect example of somebody that once he got the confidence and he actually put the work in there his talent you know, helped him. I mean, he, right. you know, he rode awesome. I mean, the kid. And the, tr- the training filled in the gaps, though. Yeah, like the, I mean, the, the, the so talent good. wasn't enough, but with the training, it was clearly there. Yeah, it was, he was, he was strong and he was, and he had confidence and, you know, and I helped him with his whole confidence level because I remember he would go to the track and wait for Chad Reed and all the guys to stop riding. And then once they left, he would go riding. I'm like, no, you need to go and ride with these guys. Yeah, go chase them down. And then as yeah, the he started riding with them and saying, man, I can hang with these guys. It was a whole different story. Um, so what would you say is uh, your hope when someone walks through these doors here? What's the experience that they want ha- that you want them to have uh, from training at the W, uh, whether it be on a, on a, on a, on a week-to-week basis or uh, by the end of the season? I just want them to enjoy the experience and understand what training is all about. Like, training is a lifestyle. It's something that you know you, you need to make part of your life. You can't just be doing it one week and then the next week not doing it. It's something you've got to make part of your life all the time. And, and just to get to understand your body and the different things that everyone is different. Everyone is different on what their needs are. Like I said, some guys are, you know, they're strong, but their cardio is not good. Other guys, are cardio is really good, but then they're very weak. So you've got to just work on different things and, and, and let them understand their body and, and let us help them, you know, understand how important, you know, training is, you know, because, I mean, we have professional skateboarders, BMX, motocross, supercross, um, we've got wakeboarders, we've got everybody that comes in here. And once they start feeling a difference when they perform, that's when it clicks and they go, man, this is awesome, I want to stick with it. Um, and like uh, the, the main reason why I approached you in the first place is because uh, in, in a lot of ways, in my opinion, uh, there's a, a bit of an opinion out there. There's, there's, there's some scrutiny and there's, uh, there's a, some, some misconceptions about the W that uh, I have, I opinion, in my opinion, are only, like, the argument there is one-sided. And I wanted to hear your side of things as to uh, like what, what kind of uh, um, like negativity do you hear throughout, whether it's social media, different websites and stuff like that, and, uh, and where do where are people getting you wrong? You know, I don't know. I don't, I don't, to be honest, I never get on the internet. I never read any of that stuff. You know, I'll have people that will send me a direct message every once in a while. Like, you know, oh, Justin Hill sucks. You're, it's like, they don't know, you know, when he was winning, when it won a championship last year, it's like, you know, no one says anything. Anytime someone's not doing well, they, they want to just, they, they want to jump on the trainer. Yeah. Um, well, totally. There's, there's everyone, everyone always hates a winner. Right. And, uh, and, and also the, the trolls love to, uh, to, 
to come out when someone's not doing well. And obviously, like uh, there's there's skepticism of the effectiveness of of this location and and the facility, which I think is a little bit um, misplaced in the fact that uh, a kid like Cooper Webb, while training with this facility, was extremely successful for a lot of years. And of course, Justin training here last year again successful. Um, then like when when things go badly they're like oh see here's the evidence he's not training as much as he should be the w sucks justin hill sucks uh and, and that's well, what the everyone's thing is, talking about so, the thing is that's so funny is that um is it's is the people are, people are jealous you know people right. are always jealous i mean you know it's like when i open up this place oh he's not going to open it he's not going to be able to do it well we open up tiny now we've grown i mean we've expanded so it's like this if you're not doesn't matter who you are, people are always going to hate you. Like there's always going to be these those haters out there, and there's always those people that are going to be running their mouths. And it's like it's funny they won't come to me and say anything, but they'll, you know, say it and then and then look you look you in the eyes and be like, be your buddy. But it's like you know I'm so used to it now. When I was like you know ten years ago, I used to piss me off so much, but now it's like it doesn't bother me at all yeah. because you know what, we are the best. We've won tons of championships. The best guys in the world come and train you from MotoGP to you know athletes from all over the world so you're going to have you're going to have people that are going to hate and like I said I never really hear anything because I don't read it I don't get on the internet but it's always somebody is going to be jealous and say something you know it's like I mean it's like what it is what it is I mean you've you've seen the place we have the best equipment the best everything so the people that normally are talking crap are people that are jealous for sure and and the the lion doesn't lose sleep over the complaints of the sheep my friend uh it's it's so totally true you guys are focused on on just being successful and winning that's why it's the w to begin with um like the the evolution of it i feel is a, a, not only a testament to to your, your commitment to learning and, and growing with it but also the people that you put around you guys like gareth swanapool guys like seth rarick guys like and, and you guys like um ben who's one of the part owners here um how how do those guys play a role in the excellence that uh that this place exudes on a daily basis well everybody um everybody has a part and that's why i said i don't i don't call it the johnny louch you know the Johnny Lodge gym. You know I don't do that. I call it you know the W because it's we it's everybody's involved from from Seth to Ben to Ethan to and all, all the trainers to Doctor Nick. We're all part of this team. For sure, and obviously that's not the yeah. Like, you can't you don't just train here. You guys also offer, offer chiropractic. Uh, um, like, there's a chiropractic side of this place as well. Um, so, and I, I've seen the the star guys in here doing yoga. I've seen them lifting weights. I've, I've seen them coming off of a road bike ride. Um, there isn't any angle that uh, you guys are missing on this on the side of things. Like the, the, it's a it's a great training facility. You can lift weights here every day of the week if you wanted to. It, it, it's uh, it's all encompassing. It's not just one aspect. And we can do everything. And like I said, people. People always talk, I mean, like I've said, I, me and Alden have been in, into the cycling forever. I remember when I take all my guys cycling, you know, everyone would be like, oh, that's, what are you guys cycling? That's the stupidest thing. Now everybody cycles. No, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's just, it's, it's so funny in the sport of just how people are and they'll jump on the bandwagon. And like I said, mm-hmm. you know, you always got, if you're not doing, if you're doing, if you're not, look, at, when you're doing well, people are always going to hate on you. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, I mean, it's just like anything from the president to whoever it is. It's that yeah. people are going to always hate when things are going good. And that's just how it is. And I'm, and I'm like I said, I'm so used to it now. And like I said, I, the funny thing is I never, 
I never really, like the first time I've heard of, you know, I mean, I know that people, there's not everyone that likes me, but it's the first time that, you know, where I hear that people are saying shit on other radio stations and that I, I just think it's, it's hilarious. It's great. Yeah. It's good. Anytime my name's mentioned, it's, it's, uh, I don't care if it's good or bad. <laughs> no no such thing as bad press, my friend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, if they're talking about you, you must be doing something right. Absolutely. No, if, if, they, if they're not mentioning you at all, that, that means you don't matter. Um, it's quickly to touch on Justin Hill, uh, not a opening portion of his season to write home about, um, what do you particularly attribute that to? Like, uh, like, can you see any signs, of the, like reasons why he's struggling, or uh, is that? Kind of, or do you think those three races are kind of an outlier of a situation that uh, is about to get better? It's definitely going to get better. Um, he's on a new bike. He's on a new team. Um, you know, Suzuki is a is a great team, but you know, this team is a you know, it's it's when it comes to especially the, the two fifty Fs, there's stuff they got to work on. Totally. You know, it's it's not just um, the team's fault. It's not just Justin's fault. It's it's everyone's trying to figure out how to get a little bit more out of that old machine. I mean, Justin's and he says he feels the best he's ever felt. He doesn't get tired. He feels strong. Um, the team's doing everything they can do to make the bike better. And I think this week, we, I think we found some stuff that's going to help him a lot this weekend in Phoenix. Yeah. Um, so you know, it's just a new team. It's like you know, it's he's been on, you know. Kawasaki Pro Circuit that's you know they've been doing this for a long time and they yeah. you know and you know it's easy to say oh if he was at that other team he could be he could be winning races right now but that's not what life's all about you know change is good and it's a change that he wanted to do he wanted to go to Suzuki and to Gibbs Racing and they got an awesome program there and those guys will figure it out I mean Justin knows how to win races he knows how to do it and the first three races haven't gone as, as well as we want them to go, but that's just racing. Remember, you're as good as your last race. So, you know, Justin could go this weekend and do well, and next minute he'll be the greatest, you know, great guy. Wow, look yeah. at Justin's winning. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's, it's, it's just the way the sport goes, and I'm very confident in, um, in J-Bone and the whole Gibbs racing team and, and, and Justin, and I know that they, they're working close together, and, you know, that it's very positive vibe over there, and they'll figure it out. Fair enough, my friend. Well, Johnny, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for making some time for me today. I know you're a super busy guy, so 30 minutes with Johnny Louch is uh, is, is a valuable 30 minutes. But uh, um, coming down here, I couldn't thank you enough for opening the doors for me, getting me sorted out with the BC Fit Meals, which is amazing. That's another side of the, the equation that uh, we didn't even touch on, which, of course, you can if you want to right now. But uh, well, we, I got we got our supplements. We've got our supplements. We've got our merchandise. We've got all our stuff because, like I like tell everyone the w is not just a gym it's we're we're um it's a lifestyle and um we're a brand now you know we it's funny we our, our hats and our t-shirts do so well over in europe and um and now we've teamed up with rhino power and they're going to be um making our supplements and actually they've made them already so you can get them online at yeah. the w uh, supplements.com and you get them right here at the location where we're sitting right here get them at the w and um and uh, let the people out there that, that support us, keep supporting us, and let the haters still hate. It's not going to change anything with us. I mean, we're going to still keep doing what we're doing and keep, keep winning championships. And, you know, I've got great people behind me. And, um, yeah, 
appreciate all the people out there that do support us. Awesome, man. Well, like I said, I really appreciate the time, um, and, and we'll, we'll we'll do more of these as as years as the the, the weeks come on. I think uh, once every eight ten weeks or so to get you on chatting a little bit about fitness, some of the things that you guys are doing here, some of the exciting things that you guys have coming down the pipe would be good. Awesome, man. Sounds good.